0: the growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To
1: end policing as we know Off it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight
0: hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the
2: police officers officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it.
0: Oh God, up, getting up. It's last call of the day. you by manscaped.com and forward slash wolf bag. Uh, Joining me as always is my trusty co-host, Dead Leg. And uh, we've got some stuff for you today. This is the show the, that brings you all the other news to talk about so that you don't sound like an idiot to your civilian friends all weekend long. Giving you something else to talk about other than uh, dead babies and domestic violence so uh we're gonna dive into a lot of stuff today we got diversity over merit uh which is the new u.s news college ranking system and how that's been reformed to meet diversity i mean there's an argument is there too much diversity and not enough merit or vice versa uh also we have Brittany griner's not so big return listen i thought it was a big return her coach did not we'll dive into that um and we have a professor who just went absolutely nuts over a pro-life poster, it escalated to the point of her pulling out a machete, holding it to a man's throat, and then kicking him in the shin as he tried to run away several blocks all the way to his car. Um, what a wackadoodle! To think that she's a a, a a professor at a at a pretty good college in New York. She lives near the Bronx. Uh, yeesh. Was. Um, and then we have a yeah was and we have a super typhoon that is just pounding the shit out of Guam. Uh, which brings us to another discussion over uh, where's all of our money going and how are we going to help them? Uh, Deadleg has pulled up various amounts of money that we've spent on some very odd things, a lot of transgender shit that I didn't know about. Um, did you know that our government spends thousands of dollars to educate other countries on transgender things? Also included in that is a $100,000 uh uh, drag show in Ecuador. So we're going to get into all of that stuff. Um, and we're really excited to be here. Today's show is public instead of private. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that a couple of ways. The biggest way to support our show is to go over and uh, share it with a friend, tell a friend about it. You can also give us a rating five-star rating review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube today, uh, smash the like button. Ben Allen in the live chat says hit the like button for Casey Anthony Do it for Casey Anthony. Do it for Anne Frank. Uh, do it for Helen Keller. Um, do it for all the ladies out there. Do it for BG, Brittany Griner throwing up 18 points in her uh, her season opener. Uh, but yes, thank you guys so much. Those are the ways to support the show. You can also become a paid member. This show is typically only to the paid members live on YouTube. But today we're opening it up just to be a little bit public to see who else is out there. And hey, maybe you want more of this behind the scenes action. We go live behind the scenes usually before this show. Um, and maybe you want some more behind-the-scenes action that comes from our Patreon and our paid YouTube. And I think that's a whopping $3 a month, and it gets you tons of other content to keep you entertained throughout your day. And the cop cars so are you're not forced to listen to mainstream media or the radio. You can listen to real news delivered by not journalists, not mainstream mediaists, but uh, real reasonableists who dive through the news to give you all the things that you need to know without the emotion so that you can uh, have a conversation this weekend at the Barbican, you don't sound completely out of the loop. You don't sound aloof, as they say. Uh, so many times that people are like, I don't like politics. I don't like the media. Well, you know what? That's what a lot of people are talking about these days. And uh, we know that because of our show, uh, because of the ratings on our show. Whenever we get really political, we get hyper-political, or we inform you on things that are going on, our ratings go up through the roof. So if that's what the people want, that's what we're going to give you. If you're sitting in your cop car going right now, like, this doesn't mean anything to me. Well, you know, you can't just be a cop and hide in your cop car and go through life and just do your job, work for the man, go home, um, spend a little bit of family time, and then go to bed, and that's it. Life is more than that. And you got to be able to relate to people on all sorts of subjects. And we just give you the finer talking points. And then what interests you, you can go and do more research. If it doesn't interest you, so be it. Bug out. Let's go ahead and dive in. You got anything uh, before I get started
2: there, Ted? Leg. Big big fan of this uh, Senator Langford from Oklahoma. Uh, we're going to dive into that a little bit more. He is where I'm finding a lot of this, like federal funding where it's going to. He's got seven different volumes of this uh, federal fumbles. And I'm on volume seven, and we got about ten pages into the seventy pages that he has. Yeah, he's uh, he's
0: the one that's exposing where all the tax yeah. money, tax dollars are going uh, for government spending, and it's hilarious. By the way, not, um, are you going to be able to post a link to where other people can go and, and read that? Uh, the yeah,
2: statement? I'll get it. I'll, I'll I'll link it up. I'll I'll pull some of them and then I'll link it up for uh, on our Instagram.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, the first kind of breaking news I wanted to go into today is uh, this is a CNN report. It's been it's been put on some other New York Times, I think, did an article on it, too. But U.S. News changes its college rankings to emphasize diversity and remove alumni giving. Uh, Listen, the college ranking thing has come up uh, for years and years since I was a kid. Listen, I'm almost 40 right now. Uh, College was a real big deal when I was a kid, my generation growing up, you had to go to college pretty much. Uh, Everybody that I went to school with was gearing up for college, starting in the fifth grade. Uh, That was when the big tests were taken to get you into sixth to middle school. And, and then that's when my generation is where the, uh, you know, I think before my generation was the SATs and then my generation, they started the, uh, uh, what was it called back then? The ASCAT or, FCAT, the FCAT testing, and all these like wazoo testings and accreditation for schools, all to get you into college. And uh, I really think that's where a lot of mental health began to deteriorate because people were putting tons of pressure on kids at a very early age uh, to be groomed. I call it being groomed to go to college. And whether you had good intent or not, your parents had good intent or not. Uh, there was, there was probably more negative that came out of that movement in my generation than there were positive. I think a lot of kids literally got left behind in that because, uh, we were no longer trying to educate and teach. We were just trying to perfect being a test taker. Now, being that I'm in the competitive skateboarding world, um, you know, coaching my kids into competitive skateboarding world, going to co- competitive skateboarding. Uh, skateboarding is a lot about soul. It's a lot about spirit. It's a lot about artistic creativity. And there's a huge debate between contest skaters and soul skaters because contest skaters don't necessarily have style and pizzazz. Um, they are groomed to just appease judges. And that takes a lot of the life out of skateboarding. And it's becoming more and more like mainstream sports, baseball, soccer, basketball, um, all those, uh, team oriented sports. And I see that, and I've noticed that, but growing up a soul surfer, so to speak, and a guy who just enjoyed competition but really enjoyed the style and the flow, I like to think of a guy named Rob Machado, who was a world champion surfer going against Kelly Slater for years and years. And Kelly Slater, who was hyper-competitive, was always going up against his best friend's slash kind of arch nemesis Ramachado who was more of a soul surfer and did things for style and so I kind of a use that, that analogy because going into the schools is you had these kids who really like legit wanted to learn something. Maybe it was a craft, right? Maybe, maybe it was a art class was really what they woke up every day and they wanted to go to school and they wanted to doodle on their notepad and they lived every minute for art class, or maybe it was reading. Maybe you had that real strong reader that wanted to go to school and was really passionate about reading. Well, those people kind of got pushed aside uh, because they weren't allowed to just focus on what they loved. They had to be extremely well-rounded to a fault um, so that they could be good test takers and they could get into a college and so even though that they did not want to be a math student if they did not spend that time away from reading their books and focus solely on mathematics they would not get into the college that they wanted to get because they didn't test very well and I think what we've done is we've lost um, we've lost a lot of um, Pride, maybe not so much pride, but passion. Right? We've lost a lot of passion for the finer things in education. I know it lost me. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I can't take a test to save my life. Um, even when I became a wine sommelier or a certified specialist of wine, which I, I would argue was harder than the sommelier, the certified specialist of wine was. I, I took it through the Society of Wine Educators. It was the hardest test I've ever studied for. Ted, leg. I studied for about two years, two and a half years for that exam hundreds and hundreds of note cards maps um i did all the online courses i knew that there were, at the time i think there was like close to a 70 percent fail rate and even when i took that test um they were just now moving into like there was a lot of blogs and forums about how unfair the test was and how they were going to make the test a little bit easier and and uh uh, but it definitely was not easy when I took the test. And so I I'd studied, and I'd studied and I studied and I thought that I had studied more than anybody had ever studied for that exam. I felt like I had prepared. I went to wineries. I went and volunteered at wineries. I interned at wineries. Um, I uh, taught classes at various wine, uh, uh, wine, inst- uh, wine shops and classes, total wine wine on Maine and, uh, some other beverage places. And, uh, so I just thought I was very overly prepared for the exam, but when it came time to take the test and I sat down the first 10 questions I couldn't answer. I, my whole brain erased all the information that I'd piled in over two years. I mean, I was studying six to eight hours a day, um, setting my alarm clock at three o'clock in the morning. I was dreaming about wine for fuck's sakes. I was completely immersed in it. And so when I took the exam, I ended up getting a 78 at a seven uh, and and a seven. No, I'm sorry. I got a 77 and a 75 was passing. And my friend, who's much smarter than me and a college graduate, refused to tell me what he scored because he didn't want to discourage me. And I found out that he had actually scored a 78 and he had taken the test about a year before me. But even as somebody as smart as he is, naturally smart and a good test taker was only able to score a 78. And so he knew if he told me that, that I would have a real hard time with that test. Uh, Even at Police Academy, I struggled with the exams. Listen, I'm a shooter, right? I can shoot 99 or 100 every single time I belly up to the line. Um, Only one time did I not shoot a 99 in all my years of qualifying. And that's because I was suffering from a fever with a sore throat and an ear infection. And I had, uh, what is it when you have the ear infection and you're all dizzy? Oh, the vertigo. Vertigo. I had really bad vertigo. Um, still shot a passing score. Uh, but anyway, so I can do physical things, but when you sit down to do a, a written test where it's ABC or D or true false or whatnot, uh, I have a lot of struggles with it. Um, and so it's hard for me to find something that I love anyway. And when the, the, when school went solely to testing and everything was practice, test, quizzes and getting ready for these F cats and these SATs. I was like, "Fuck! I have no chance. I have no chance. And so if that day that was in seventh grade that I decided verbally, verbally to the world that I would forever be a C student and I would be nothing more. Here's a great story for you. I wasn't planning on telling it, uh, on this. I was going to tell this on the Patreon, but this is a true story. Some of you might've heard it, but, uh, I was, during the seventh grade period when I decided to become a C student, I was uh, was was diagnosed with ADHD and they wanted to put me on the Ritalin's and I didn't do the whole Ritalin's thing. I didn't do the medication things. So I had made a deal with the school counselors that if they gave me nine weeks and I could make the AB honor roll, then I would never have to take any of their medications. But if I couldn't make the AB honor roll, then I had to go for nine weeks and try their medications. This was when ADHD was brand new and they like, it was like COVID. Everybody had it. Everybody had it. Um, if you snapped your fingers, like sixth, seventh you grade
2: around this time, ADD,
0: ADHD, ADD was like, I mean, if you daydream for 10 seconds, ADHD, put them on Ritalin, ADHD, put them on whatever. Um, and so uh, I didn't pass, I, I mean, I, I made AB honor Roll. Um, I forced myself to make an A-B roll. I was that determined to not be uh, put on any medications. I made all A's and a B that semester. And then from that day forward, I made that all A's and A-B's, and I looked right in my dad's eyes, and I said, I will never make another A or B again for the rest of my life. I'll never do it. And I never did, even in high school, even in P.E., I would not wear socks so that I would get minus five points every day so that I could end the semester with a perfect C, even though P.E. was my favorite subject. I love playing ball, love playing anything sports related. But I refused and I wanted to make a sense. And that lasted all the way to my senior year of high school. That I would never ever make higher than a C. That's why the name of my media company is C minus Media Company LLC, which is what Failure Stop, and Grommet Vomit, and all the uh, the other podcasts fall under is C minus Media Incorporated, because I'll never be much more than a C minus student. Now, uh, I remember all my friends talking about this uh, about colleges and about where the colleges ranked and which college they were going to, whether they're going to University of Georgia. Florida State University, University of Florida. Um, I had a friend try to get into an MIT, another friend trying to get into um, uh, Stanton, um, a bunch of other schools. So, you know, I remember all of this. And, and so this article today is that the US, News, the U.S. News, they're the ones that came out with this college ranking back in the 1980s. Everybody fell in love with it, kind of became the staple of what college is ranked where. And, you know, it was a big deal for, for where you wanted to go to school. Personally, I think Maxim Magazine had it right which was they came out every year, which which was the number one party schools across America and ranked them by the party schools. And if I was going to go to college, I would use the Maxim Magazine ranking versus the U.S. News ranking. Um, But right now they're completely overhauling and they've made minor changes over the years because a lot of people complain. Um, And it's just like travel baseball league, right? Travel uh, surfing, travel skating. The parents that aren't winning or it's just not fair, they always got something to say. Um, and instead of just enjoying the journey, they've kind of got to fuck it up and make it about something more. They got to overly com- make it overly competitive. They've got to not get their way. They've got to gamble their way in. They got to schmooze their way. Their way in. They they got to start to play the politics. They got to start to play the game. You guys remember when Hollywood got caught up in that, who was the actress that got caught up in that? I mean, I think she uh, got uh, fucking arrested. Yeah.
2: She was the one from full house, wasn't she?
0: Full house. Yeah. 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 So that whole thing, right, has sparked this new controversy over the best colleges ranking. And now that they have changed it, they're going. Um, <laughs> so let me just read the article from CNN. U.S. News and World Report announced changes to the metho- the methodology of its controversial best colleges ranking to emphasize the success of diverse students and to remove the influence of alumni giving class size Um a couple other things. So here's what's going on, right? So they would ba- rank it based on like how much the alumni's were donating to the school, uh, athletics. There was a whole bunch of things that go on that. Now they have gotten rid of a lot of these things and replaced it with how many diversity, diverse students are graduating, which comes to a, a conversation that I've wanted to have for a while. I was going to maybe do a Patreon on it, but I saved it. You know, today's a great day. It's a great article to bring it up. There's a great, uh, there's a professor and she's also written a book, a couple of books, one called the diversity delusion recommend you read it. The author's name is Heather MacDonald. She's been going on a lot of podcasts lately too. So I'm going to try to get her on our Patreon account and see if we can get her over. Um, but she also wrote one called diversity over merit. And, uh, and this is a big discussion worth having. And that is, would you rather somebody, uh, would you rather, Rank a school based on how many people of diversity, diverse people, LGBTQ, black, white, Hispanic, the diversity of the graduates or the merit of the
2: graduates. And what I mean by the merit. Go ahead. The first question I ask is, what what are you trying to get out of school? You're trying to get an education. So I want to go to the best. Like if I'm going for journalism. I want to go to the school that produces the best journalists. So I want to see, where'd your graduates go well, that's to? That's an interesting point.
0: Do? The best journalist. Now, what do you mean? The best journalist by diversity? Or do you mean the no. best by merit? Nope, what, is best, what is the best? What does the best mean? As a, as a journalist, what do you consider to be the best? Well, let's just put it in simpler terms, something that you can understand. Uh, lighting technology, right? You, you're really yep. into lighting technology. So would you rather graduate from a school that has a bunch of diverse folks who have a broad range of diversity that graduate a lighting school, or do you want to see the ranking of a school based on what kind of lights are produced, what kind of new light technology is produced, what the people that have degrees in that school go on to accomplish? What, what, how much money do people make after they graduate? Which one do you pick? Which one would you rather see the ranking of?
2: I want to see the body of work. I want to see the output. I want to see what what have you accomplished afterwards. And if it's talking about you know I I got hired or I was hired because of the diversity in this and I got hired for, then at the end of the day you're gonna have like the DAs that we are having that are losing their like they're gonna have people losing their jobs all the time because eventually companies are gonna have you're gonna to have to put up or shut up. You're either gonna to have to produce what you say that you can do. Or they're going to find somebody else that can. So this will come full circle and it'll catch itself in the end. But I'm looking at like the body of work because when my wife was applying for schools for her PhD, one of the things that I asked her go, "Where do you want to go?" Because you know, what school do you want to go to? And it wasn't a matter of what school do you want to go to. Is what professors are there? What what faculty is there? What school is there? What does the school have? What funding does the school have? Does the school have grants? Does the school have funding for the next ten years? Is it? They're looking for. She's looking for things like that. She can. And, do and where do those
0: grants? Where does that funding and those grants come from? It comes from alumni supporting the university and donating back to the university. So that's, that's a great way of ranking a school, (laughs) you know, is about how many people who graduate the school say, you know what, I graduated this school and it's helped me a lot in life. And now I get to give back because I've been really successful and I have a uh, disposable income and and I can send some money to the the school ways. And so that does play a big part, but you know, it's funny that you mentioned your wife in this because one of the most, um, uh, one of the most scrutinized races uh, or cultures in the diversity is Asians especially as med students they are sick and tired of asian med students and so if you're a lesser if you're a lesser performing hispanic uh, a lesser performing lesbian a, a lesser performing black dude than an asian um but as long as you meet one of those criteria they might uh, select you over the smarter, more qualified Asian, because there are too many Asians, too many smart Asians. They're fitting the stereotype of a smart Asian. Again, back to the stereotypes things I have mentioned a thousand times on the show. I don't understand why stereotypes are so bad, especially when you have a great stereotype.
2: You know what I mean? Like like I want to be stereotypical for being smart. Yeah. That's, that's not a, like, You make fun of like smart kids when you're in school, but you make fun of them because you're not smart, (laughs) right? Like we make fun of the air force because we didn't go to the air force. We make fun of Marines because we didn't join the Marines. We make fun of fire departments because they deserve it. But everybody else, like you, make fun of it because you're not like it's because it's you don't have it. That's why. So I would love for a stereotypical thing to be like, oh yeah, you're smart and you like watermelon. That's not a bad thing. Watermelon's awesome. Hell yeah, smart. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Being smart, fried chicken and, uh, you know, working hard Hispanics have like the the stereotype of working hard and being sweaty and, you know, having sweaty sweat on their backs and things like that. Like, I don't know. I mean, I wish you'd kind of call me those names because, you know, I feel like a lazy fat piece of shit behind this microphone, Uh, even though I had a great run this morning. Good exercise before I got on the show. I'm feeling healthy, but I know I know I'm not as healthy as I used to be. Back in my younger days. But yeah, I mean, stereotypes. I mean, I wish I had a good stereotype instead of being a toxic white dude. Like, that's a shitty stereotype that I have to live with. Everybody else has really good ones. Really smart, but you can't drive. Who gives a fuck? You don't need to drive if you're extremely smart. Can your wife drive? It by you the way? Way? Can your wife drive? Is it, she she's drive. a
2: fantastic driver, actually. Is she really? So yeah. she doesn't
0: meet the stereotype of a bad Asian no. female driver. No, um. No Somebody in the live chat says Alabama Tansy is a stereotype. It is. Um, But, you know, the problem I have with diversity over merit is what happens when it comes to brain surgery or cancer research. And here's what I took away from this. And now I've only skimmed through these books. I am I'm reading uh, right now. I am reading. I'm in the in the middle of reading the diversity delusion, how race and gender pandering corrupt the university and undermine our culture by Heather McDonald. It's a great book so far, but I don't want to pretend like I know anything about the book because I only just started reading it. Um, But my, my what I've caught and I've kind of derived on my own opinion from the book so far is that diversity over merit when it comes to like brain surgery when it comes to cancer if you are a lesser if a lesser performing candidate but you are given an opportunity then you are going to be overly thankful for that opportunity and you're going to be very careful on how you present yourself so that you don't lose the opportunity meaning you're probably going to be more or less likely to be a yes man you're not going to argue with the teacher because you can't afford to argue with the teacher you're already bad test taker, you know, or, or maybe you're, you're, you know, you're on the lower side of the B students and and you're not going to get picked up by a great job unless you get some bonus points from the teacher. And so you're really just going to kind of go on with the curriculum. You're not going to ruffle any feathers. However, if you're qualified, if you're a great test taker, if you're really good under the pressure, which I would argue that that's where merit comes into play because in merit, you have to be, you have to have all merit means like it's you're, you're all deserving. So it means you can do all the things. You can take the test really well. And and listen, I don't agree with these hirings based solely on tests. And I don't think that's merit. I think merit is like your physical capacity, your mental capacity, your psychological capacity. Like if you're a great test taker, but you're batshit crazy, like this professor with a machete that we're going to talk about, obviously you're not, you don't have the merit. You're, you're qualified to do the job, but you don't necessarily have the merit to do the job. So um, when I talk about merit, I mean like the totality of the thing. So if you're a good test taker, you're good under pressure, and you're, you're go- doing really great in the class, then you can push back on the professor when they say something that you might not agree with. When they put a piece of curriculum out there that you might want to argue or you might want to add a new equation or you might want to change that equation, you have more confidence to do that because you have the grades because you know that you have the the skills and the abilities to do that. Well, when you have a whole bunch of yes people that don't have that, that are just trying to do everything possible to make the professor happy, what you end up graduating is a whole bunch of yes folks that are going to go out into the cancer field, go out into the brain cancer, the the brain, uh, yeah, uh, you know, like uh, – uh, I'm suffering from it right now, but um, Alzheimer's and all these other things, brain surgery and all these and never question anything. They're just going to go with it. The status quo, they're going to treat it with the pharmaceuticals and they're never going to really kind of come out with any more discoveries or anything like that because they've just kind of been buying their time. I want people who are at the top of their game the merit, who have, who have all of the goods. That's who I want working on my brain or doing my cancer studies or doing my COVID-19 studies, not just somebody who made it based because they were a, a gay lesbian or a, a lesbian female or a gay dude
2: or a black man or a Mexican woman or something like that. You know what I mean? Cause it's a, if it's you laying there on the table and the person that walks in the room, you look at them and go, well, I don't know. The skin color just doesn't matter. I, I wish right. it wasn't an Asian working on my. I brain wish it today. wasn't. It Well, you're gonna die. So that's the end result. So you're gonna either have this Asian doctor work on you, that's really smart and is the expert in their field, and it's a female, and she's a stud, and she can do whatever she wants, or you die. That's your two options. Like right. that's that's what we're gonna get to. Is we're gonna like when you're when you're at that point, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. You want the most qualified, skilled able-bodied person there with the best mind to make those decisions, like where like you run into the the country, the country you want someone that has the best mind to be running the country, <laughs> right? You not the old dude one,
0: who's you, obviously you, suffering you, from dementia, or the guy that that's having sense. strokes, or the girl that's having strokes, being pushed in a wheelchair, and and having shingles. I mean, gosh, can that woman retire already? Holy cow, that's embarrassing. Sorry,
2: that's like, a whole nother. Yeah, it's it's just a deteriorate because. What it is, is it's life isn't fair. That's what we just have to understand. Life's not fair. You're not going to get what you want. You're 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 not. It's not going to be fair. There's going to be adversities in life that you're going to run into that. Yeah, this person has a better shake at life because they were born and they had the ability to pay for college to go to college or this person maybe, you know. They didn't have the best, you know, shake at life. They grew up and they had nine kids in their part in their trailer park, and they all lived in a two bedroom trailer. Like, there's different circumstances for everybody, but the, the idea that we can just, like, for lack of a better term, whitewash everything so it's all an even playing. Life's not an even playing field, it's right? Not. Like, what do they
0: call it? Equity, <laughs> like equality yeah. and equity. Yeah. Like, no, it's, I, it's, I mean, I get the even playing field. But it, it, and even playing field doesn't mean like we sacrifice merit. We don't sacrifice just because there was 10 qual- like or, like qual and I hate that term overly qualified. That's such a fucking ridiculous term. but it, just because you have 10, Uh, qualified Asians who have tested well their whole life, who are great under pressure, um, who are well-rounded. I mean, listen, let's face it, dude. Asians are great at music. They're great at, uh, and they have so much more discipline than than a lot of other cultures, cultures generally speaking that's another thing it's like we're allowed to, we should be allowed to generally speak like generally speaking black people are faster than white people who cares why is that a bad thing it's not right it's just generally speaking it's true i bet you if you took 10 white dudes and you took 10 black dudes and you put them together you probably have more black dudes that beat them in a foot race than you have the white dudes it's just it's just a stereo it's just it's just facts about life um and and that's just kind of generally speaking about asians man they're just more well-rounded and they're more test taken they're more uh disciplined i think on on a Look at them in skateboarding is a great example of the discipline that they have, but they lack soul. They lack um, creativity a lot of times, right? Like they can play the Mozart, but they're not writing their own music. They're 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 not writing their own music. And that's okay because they're great. It's like contest skaters that are great at contests. That's great. That's a skill. That's a style and its own. But just because you don't perform well in contests in skateboarding or something as artistic as skateboarding and subjective as skateboarding, doesn't mean that you're a bad skateboarder. And that's why I'm kind of like trying to raise my kids into saying like, Hey, it's cool. And I'm going to teach you guys how to be competitors, but I don't want you to lose your soul. I don't want your whole life dedicated to just a routine um, and, and skateboarding. But again, like going back to it. Yeah. I, I mean, I want uh, Greg in the chats said this and I liked what he said. He said, pretty sure. Um, wait, no, nope, that was a different quote. Uh, the lowest grade I got in college was a B minus and a bullshit history class. I'm pretty sure it was because I would try to have an intellectual back and forth uh, with the professor when he was spouting propaganda. Now, my, this is a funny story as a true story. My wife uh, graduated highest in her class at the age of 18. She graduated at 18 years old from Florida State University. She graduated highest in her class. Uh, I think that's what Magna Cum Laude or Summa Cum Laude. I don't know. I didn't go to college. I'm one of those lattes that's the highest. And, super um, smart latte. Yeah, super smart latte. Then she went and backpacked around Europe for a year by herself. And then she went and lived in France um, as an au pair for a while. And then she came back, got her master's degree by the age of 23. And at 24, she was teaching uh, French at NC State, graduating highest in her class at Canada, NC State, or almost highest in her class um, until this. My wife had never, ever made anything less than an A. She didn't even know the concept of an A-minus, really, because the way she was raised, she was homeschooled. She was, she was never allowed to have an A-minus. If she got an A-minus, she simply retook the course through the whole day, then retook the test and got an A-plus. And so she kind of was groomed to be perfect test taker, perf, you know, per, you know, reader, all those things. The opposite of me. And um, when she was taking her class for her master's degree, she was uh, taking a class on speeches. And, and you know, it was about the time that the King's speech came out. And so the teacher had given uh, a task to the students to write different speeches and how people use speech to, you know, incite a crowd and, and things like that. So she titled her paper, G-dropping. And she wrote a whole paper on how Obama would drop his G's depending on the ethnicity of the crowd that the he was crowd. speaking to. So if he was speaking to a predominantly black crowd, he would drop every single G in his speech. We're going. We're marching. We're fixing. Uh, we're allowing. There's no G. When he talked to an all right crowd or a more white crowd, he would say, we are going. We are fixing to. We are working on. Instead of working, going, marching, it was marching, fixing, going, liking, things like that. So she wrote a whole speech on how he would use something as simple as dropping the G in his speeches to influence a crowd. Well, the teacher at the end of her speech said, wow, that was really wonderful and how brilliant of a man he is to do that. And my wife said, well, I don't really see that as brilliance as so much as I see it as manipulation. Like you're you're not being yourself. You're not being authentic to who you are. And I'm pretty sure that like Obama was running on some kind of like authentically himself type stance. And I just don't see dropping G's because of the crowd that you're talking to as being very authentic or real. And the teacher gave her a C minus and wrote that it was all good up until your little speech at the end. And so my wife was like enraged for the first time in her life. My wife is uber shy, will not pick a fight with anybody, will not argue with anybody, will barely argue with me. And so she took that to the deans. She took that as where, far as she could and said, like, listen, what the, what do you mean? Like, there's no grammatical errors. Yeah, I met all of the requirements of the task. But because I had a different opinion at the very end of my speech, she's going to give me a C. She's going to knock off like 30 points for because I said that, like, I see it more of a manipulation, like it's bonkers. It's bizarre. And, and like, that's why I don't want my kids to go to college. And it leads me into this next story, which is an incredible story, um, of this professor in New York. Uh, this is coming from Fox news. The last news piece we did was from CNN. Now we're going to go over to Fox news. Professor holds a machete to a reporter's neck after destroying the students pro-life display. These are the people who are molding the minds. Now, when I think of college, I did not go to college. I can't, I will not lie to you. I can't express it enough. I did not go to college. Doesn't mean I'm not educated, but I, I did not go to college. So I have a weird, like I have almost a grandiose idea of what college looks like, because I haven't been. It's like I haven't been to Navy SEAL training. So I have a grandiose idea of what it might look like. Um, but like I see colleges, if you go to college, like you are destined to go on to do great things. Like you're going to go, you're going to be a manager. You're going to be an officer in the military. You're going to be all these things, right? That's what my life growing up. That's how I saw college students. And I knew I was never going to be that guy. I was going to be the guy that was going to be working hard for the college student. So when I think of a college professor, I think of a college professor. I think of the best elementary school teacher that made it to middle school. And then was the best middle school teacher. And so they got promoted to high school and then they became the best high school teacher and became a college teacher and then a professor, whatever. And then, you know, whatever. So when I, when I say college professor, I see them on the level as like a lot of people probably see doctors, doctrines, right? I I have lots of respect because in my brain, I'd like to think that they're the best in class. Then you read stories like this in a lot of stories that we've been reading in the last 10 years, that makes me think, Who the fuck is allowing these people to be professors? Like, where is the merit? Like, how were these people not weeded out from the beginning as not able? They didn't have the mental capacity, the physical capacity uh, to do this job. How did they get this job at the college level? Because this is amateur hour. New York City professor who went on an expletive filled rant. Expletive. Is that how you say that word? Expletive. Expletive expletive filled rant destroyed a student group's pro-life display has now allegedly threatened a reporter who was covering the story by putting a machete to his neck. Shalene uh, Rodriguez, a Hunter college adjunct assistant professor of art. Oh man. I guess I read right over that college adjunct assistant professor of art. <laughs> that's uh that's like what uh, in the office, right? Assistant, to the city assistant 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 assistant
2: to the regional manager Assistant to the
0: regional manager
2: you're not really really an adjunct professor you're an assistant to the adjunct professor
0: (laughs) you know like if you tell me you're a teacher and then i say what do you teach and you say art i automatically i'm like kind of like bless your heart like like a dentist that means that means nothing today not nobody like because they're not even teaching like real art because uh you know rembrandt all those guys picasso they were all white people and you know that's not diverse so we've you know we're not going to talk about artists that you know really change the world so much as we're going to talk about you know uh, uh we're going to talk about
2: uh diverse actually, i have a clip of it it's got no audio but i have a clip of when she was outside if you want to watch it oh i'd love to watch it play it for us Uh here we go maybe yeah well it was playing let's see here um well, I will try to get it back up here. That's okay. Second. You keep
0: it going uh, and and we'll work on it. But so basically what happened here is that Shelly and Rodriguez uh, went on just this crazy tyrannical raid um, over some pro-life posters. I mean, swearing, cussing, calling them fuck a propaganda. I mean, like not even speaking at all like a professor, like I think a professor would talk. Um, You're not educating shit. This is fucking prop Propaganda. Uh, what are you doing to do like the anti-trans next? This is bullshit. This is violent. You're triggering my students. Get this shit the fuck out of here. This is what she said. These are quotes from her uh, uh, on campus, all because somebody is, and listen, people should have the right to be pro-life or pro-choice, That is a heavy debate with lots of evidence on both sides. Uh, and so the debate should be had and we should be able to talk about it. That's not propaganda propaganda. <laughs> Um, that's just life. There are people who literally think, and there's a lot of evidence that show, um, you know, that abortion is murder. In fact, that there is a human being, that there's a human life at its basic level and you're killing it. Um, and I think that's an argument they should be allowed to have and, and we should, we should hear it, um, and think about it objectively and we should hear the other side as well because they have a lot of points, uh, too. I have five kids, so I'm obviously anti-murder at this point. Um but you know I would never shit on somebody who's in the position that they feel like they need to have a, 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 a uh a uh abortion. Um Hunter College said the professor has been uh, relieved from her position. Thank you, God. So when a, a news reporter came to her apartment to ask her about this, she opens the door and holds a machete to his neck. Now, if that's not bad enough, he bent then begins to back away. She chases him out of the apartment building down the street with the machete uh threatening him cussing him swearing at him aloud now he's retreated he's done exactly what she's asked she still continues to go after him and before he gets into his car uh she kicks him in the shin on the way out uh because that is uh tolerance as they say um do we have this brought up yet or no
2: yep i got it brought up all right this you the beginning of it is there any audio no, there's no audio because this is from uh, the dash camera on somebody's vehicle that was there. I don't know if it's one of the two reporters, but you got the the gentleman in the left with the beard and long hair and the green shirt. Looks like he's ready for a safari. That's one of the reporters. And then the other bald guy with the polo that's off to the right. That's the other guy that's involved. And then she is wearing all black coming in from the right with the hoodie on that's up over the hoodie. And she's got the machete in her left hand
0: oh jesus like what's up with the hoodie pulled up like was she going like full m M&M? damn she's chasing the photographer like full-on running bro i'm laying her down I, if i had a gun i would lay he's, she, she just chased him all the way around the car she's decked out black shoes black pants murdered out um muck ducked out literally chasing this photographer at full speed in circles around two cars with a machete man this is awesome uh, wow, look at the graffiti all over that mailbox. What mailbox. a shithole town that that is, whatever that's at. Fuck, man. I think a professor would live in somewhere not so sketchy. Um, oh, oh, she's a, she's a person of color as well. I didn't catch that. She's a oh light a yeah. light-skinned black female. Um, and now here she is. Here's a picture of her, for those of you who are just listening, with a legit machete... Um, like Rambo knife looking machete, not like the Mexican uh, sugar cane or the Haitian sugar cane machete. This is like a Rambo first blood machete. Um, And she's holding it to his neck. Like it's a movie. Like this is out of a movie, like straight, like I'm not exaggerating at all. Um, We're going to put these on our last call. Instagram, go follow us at at last underscore 12. Um, Wow, dude, I'm telling you right now, you hold a machete to my neck like that. As soon as you move it, I am wrecking your whole life. I am taking your soul, uh, might even cut you wide open with that machete and remove some of your organs while they are still beating. Uh, Greg says, pretty sure he was. Oh, sorry. I get caught up in your chats. I never know what's uh, going towards the, the, the story or whatever. So when I see a long one, sometimes I tend to try to read them for you guys. But that one made absolutely no sense to me. Well, it does make sense. It just doesn't make sense in this context because you said it 30 minutes ago. Um, yes, Will Cray says this is where there would be a person with a few extra holes in them. I agree, but you can't have a gun in New York, right? Like that's one of the things about New York, um, which allows crazy professors like this to, to go out there. Now, listen, I don't think an educator should be talking like this at all. If I was a pastor, which I would never be, I would never be a preacher. I don't have that discipline. But um, you would never hear another cuss word to come out of my mouth uh, or another drop of alcohol would not hit my lips. You know, I would try to live by being an example to others at, at the highest level. Um, just like when I was a cop, you wouldn't see me speed when I was a cop. I tried to do everything. I tried to be an example of what to do. Um, My tags were always registered on time. My insurance was always paid. I didn't have the window tents. You know, I tried to, I I was like, if I'm going to be forced to write somebody a ticket, I myself want to be a guy that is in the right and is, you know, trying to the best of my abilities to be at the top of my game. This is not the top of her game at all. This isn't even trying. You're not educating shit. This is fucking propaganda. You know, and that's not how we deal with our problems. But in 2023, that is how we deal with our problems. We yell, we shout, we scream, we break things. We learned that in 2020. Uh, we learned that in 2019. We learned that uh, as we've in 2016, um, through the Ferguson's and the George Floyd's, that when we don't get what we want or we somehow want to be heard, we need to we need to act like this. I, I assure you that you can be heard by articulating yourself and not losing your shit. Look at Jordan Peterson. He does that every single day of his life, not acting like a lunatic. Uh, Brandon Tatum, every single day of his life is getting on the the airwaves and not acting like uh, it's not burning things down and breaking things and, and causing
2: fights with folks. Uh, there's us? a way to uh, who us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're having an open discussion about craziness. This is a professor bringing in a machete. Like, a professor brings a machete into classrooms. How does that okay? I mean, I mean, this this is. I mean, she's not an educator anymore, but it's ridiculous. I'm glad she's not an
0: educator anymore. I hope that she never gets another job uh, in her life. And uh, that seven eight hundred dollars a month that she pays in that shitty apartment in the Bronx, you know, um, really. Gives her a slice of Humble Pie. Speaking of Humble Pie, one of my favorite stories for today, I I've saved the last two stories, my, my two favorite stories for last. First one is a super typhoon that's hitting Guam. That's not a great story. I feel terrible for the people of Guam. I know what it's like. Um, I've worked several hurricanes while being in the military. I was on hurricane duty, even with the State National Guard in Florida, uh, responding to... Uh, to devastating hurricanes i lived in florida for for 19 years of my life i've lived through these storms i know how bad they can be and this is a category four uh just a monster beast of a storm if you're into storms um, by the way there's a great uh there's a great weather channel on youtube called like hi y'all weather or, or something y'all ryan ryan hall ryan hall yeah ryan yeah. hall y'all uh absolutely makes weather Super fun. So, what a monster of a storm that's been hitting. But you know, when it goes to Guam, I can only remember back to when a Democrat uh, representative—I think it was Utah. Um, this is what he had to say. Now, what his name was? Um, Hank Johnson. And if anybody remembers this, this—I this is when I fir- This was my first taste of politics when I saw this, and I was like, "Whoa, what." the actual, go ahead and play this clip. If you haven't heard this clip, it's a real treat. This is real. This is real. This is a real clip. This is from early two thousands. Hank Johnson.
1: Widest level is what? 12 miles from shore to shore. And at a smallest level uh, or or smallest uh, uh, location, it's uh, seven miles uh, uh, between one shore and the other. Is that correct? Uh, I don't have the exact uh, dimensions, but uh, to your point, sir, I think Guam is a small island. Very small island and about 24 miles, if I recall, long. So 24 miles long, about seven miles wide at the least widest place on the island and about 20 about 12 miles wide uh uh, on the widest part of the island and um i don't know how many square miles that that is do you happen to know i don't have that uh figure with me sir i can certainly supply it to you if you'd like yeah my my fear is that uh the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh... and capsize uh... we don't anticipate that the uh... the guam population
0: (laughs) that's the admiral Of, uh, I don't know, like the Western Pacific fleet or something like that. But he's like, we don't think that uh, we don't think that it's going to capsize. I just remembered seeing that and be like, that's not real. That isn't real. That can't be real. He was a Democrat representative of Georgia. Um, Gosh, talk about diversity over merit. That dude had zero merit. That dude did not belong in that job at all whatsoever. Not qualified at all to be there. By the way, his fingernails are so long. Um definitely probably doing a lot of cocaine out of those things. I felt like um maybe that was just the angle of the camera in that clip, but it looks like he had those cocaine fingernails.
2: You know the powder. He, but his sugar. his his aide's gonna be asking him, sir, you need to piss in this cup. They need you to do this to keep this job. You're right? after what you just said. And at its
0: widest level oh uh, its widest level area, 12 miles.
2: Oh my Gosh, this is uh, how, how do you sit there as an admiral and, and listen to that? And go, you're an elected member of Congress, okay? Yeah, yeah the island's not going to tip over, yeah.
0: Like, yeah, what, like, what's and, and so then he then the guy goes on, well, like, he goes, like, what about the reefs deteriorating due to uh vacationers uh swimming in the thing? And he's like, well, we're we're we're, we're talking about bringing 2,000 troops to the island, um. So I'm not sure. Like vacation, you know, it's, it's just it, was, it just goes on. Uh, yeah, I believe it's from Georgia. Bosco Atrias. Yes. Um, You guys got Stacey Abrams now, so I mean, it's like Georgia really produces some of the finest. Now, listen, as stupid as that was, uh, I still do uh, feel bad for Guam, and, and my hearts and prayers do go out to the people of Guam who are experiencing that that storm. Um, I'm just glad that we've given billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine. Uh, so that means that we that investment that we've invested in Ukraine has provided us with a significant amount of money to go ahead and make sure that uh, the devastation in Guam, that they get back on their feet really, really quick. So, again, great investment um, into Ukraine. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that Guam is going to be fine, given our, our financial state here in this country. We'll we'll be just fine in helping them get back on their feet mm-hmm. as quickly as humanly possible. Um Uh, But moving on to somebody else who said something stupid, Brittany Griner, last story of the day, uh, last call. Uh, Brittany Griner is back on the court back in the headlines, but this time it's not necessarily her fault that she's in the headlines. Um, This was from her coach. Now, look, I'd like to just come out and say that Brittany Griner looks extremely healthy. Um, She looks different. Obviously she's going to be different coming back from Russia. Um, and I've said this before on an Instagram reel that I did back in the day was that, um, uh, uh, do I like snakes? No. And, and in this case, snake is Russia. I don't like snakes. I don't like Russia. Okay. Um, however, if my son is messing around with a snake and the snake bites my son, do I blame the snake for biting my son? No, I don't blame the snake. A snake is just doing what a snake is supposed to do. I blame my son. My son should not have been poking the fucking snake. Am I still going to wipe the snake off the face of the earth. Absolutely. Yes, I am. But, um, you know, but do I, do I feel sorry for my kid to a degree? But do I blame the snake at any time for biting my son? I don't blame him. No, because my son shouldn't have been fucking with him. So I've never really blamed Russia. You can't fuck with Russia, the snake, and expect not to have something terrible happen to you. Um, so... Uh, I, but I did feel sorry as for, um, for Brittany Griner, uh, but, but I don't blame Russia for doing what they did at all. Um, I mean, she was an idiot. She fucked up. She found out. But she's come back, and it looks like she took a slice of humble pie, and it filled her up completely because she stood for the national anthem. She stood tall. She stood proud. She had her hand over her heart, and I respect that. Um, and and I respect the way that she looks and and the way she came out on court. I also respect what she said after the game, which was, it's glad to be back. However, performance wise, I wasn't happy, um, with my performance and I wasn't able to help my, my team get the dub. You know, I'm loosely paraphrasing that, but I'm pretty spot on. I don't have it in front of me, but, but she said something to that effect, um, with generally those words And that's a, that's a good statement to make, right? That's a humble statement to make. Here's what her coach had to say who has not had a slice of humble pie probably in her whole life. Um, by the way, you will notice that uh, I'm wearing my hair parted just differently because if I parted it the other way, I would have the same haircut as this chick, um, as this broad. Um, go ahead and play this clip for me, uh, I mean, It was it was great, but, like, honestly, come on, L.A. Like, we didn't saw the arena for BG. Like, I expected more, you know, to be honest, right? Like, it was great. It was loud, but... Um, how was is, how is it not a sellout? It- <laughs> I, can't, I can't stop laughing. I can't stop laughing when I see this because she's saying, like, how, one that stadium holds 19,000 people. They sold 10,300 tickets. That doesn't mean 10,300 people were there, but they sold 10,300 tickets. On average, their average game is, and they're cheating those numbers too, by the way. They're like just at 5,000. That's their average for the season. It's 5,000 people per game. This is an away game. For a team that hasn't, that's had a losing record, they have lost two in a row already this year on um, their first game and then one right after it. Um, and then last season, they lost more games than they won. So obviously, you know, hence being. Yes. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So they, yeah, they won. They lost
2: what? 30, you said they lost 13 games out of 23. They won 13, lost 23. So, okay, yeah,
0: there we go. I was like, that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, they lost
2: 36 games, they lost lost 23 of it.
0: Yeah, not a great record. So, this woman is is complaining about it's not a sellout. One, you had Kamala Harris there, so you should be a little bit grateful. Kamala Harris showed up to your basketball game in Los Angeles. The most listen, women's basketball is terrible to watch, lower the like college basketball. Listen, it's a little bit more fire. I'm not a basketball guy, uh, but I can get into college sports a little bit easier. But listen, lower the fucking rim and let these girls jam and slam and then more people watch it. I I, I do not watch basketball to see three-point and listen, if you're a basketball player and you respect the game, go for it. I'm not a basketball player. I'm not a race car driver. I don't appreciate the drafting and all that shit. All I want to see is the fucking crazy wrecks and people passing somebody on the inside shoulder, touching grass. I want to see people getting loose on round three, coming in three wide. I don't like all this technical shit. That's not The majority of people that watch this and are giving you money, that are buying the beers, are, are putting money into your sport based on these things, not the technicality of the sport so lower the rim for starters um but really where i would start is is put on a more of a performance and start you know uh, winning and making the game more exciting now, i'd also like to point out that you know they you know, they sold 10,000 tickets and Kamala harris was there but the durham bulls like they average like 7,000 a game and i think like sometimes they reach like well into like the 16, 17,000s at a game like at a season openers i think they had like 50,000 i think for a season opener or something like that. Um, And that's fucking baseball. And that's not even Major League Baseball. So,
2: Here's my question. Would she ever be happy? If it sold out. Okay. So if you're averaging 5,000 people on average, you doubled your attendance on an away game when the vice president of the United States Mm -hmm. comes. I mean – you didn't get the dub, but had you won? I mean, would you? You know what's what, funny is that we get more people happy?
0: that listen to our show per episode than they had people show up at their game with Kamala
2: Harris there. John's getting a head count together, Whoa. but I think we had more people come to the meetup than we had <laughs> at the, uh, the WNBA's game for BG's return. Uh, like, yeah. like, you're just not going to be happy. You're just going to complain about everything. Like, I will, I'll say BG. Okay. Take a little bit of that humble pie and I'll go with that. But then the coach comes out afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: you know what? That's the, that's the most famous that coach has ever been. Um, coach Nygaard and, uh, which you gotta be very careful. You can't have too many beers and say her name. Uh, that might, that might come out bad, but, um, yeah, somebody in the chats are saying like hockey all the way, rugby all the way. Okay. So women's rugby, they there's not much difference in men's rugby. I could watch women's rugby. I, I, I don't know which one I would choose. Uh, only the fact that I know more men rugby players and it's easier to root for them, but like Portia, what's her name? Portia Woods or whatever her name is. Um, I love watching, watching her and rugby. I love watching uh, the chick that used to play for UCF um, uh, page uh, I forgot her last name too, but, uh, I, you know, I can watch those girls. Women's rugby is just as exciting to me though, as boys rugby, women's hockey is pretty exciting. Um, but that's cause they have the slams and the jams, but women's basketball, they're not slamming and jamming like they are in the men's world. And if you lower that rim just a little bit, humble it up, let that ego down just a little bit. Girls, you already got a smaller ball I think you might get a lot more people watching it. Bone Cold Fleas Austin 316 says, if you watch of Rose Sports, the best sports are Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama Football College, Basketball, Golf, the Atlanta Braves, the, the Tampa Bay Rays in there now, and the TB Rowdies. Um, I actually worked for of Rose Sports for um, for many for, for like uh, over a year. And um, for many games,
2: many sports games. I worked at Ohio State for a bunch of years, or a a little over a year, almost two years, for many Um, games.
0: Yeah. Uh, Portia Woodman, New Zealand Black Ferns. That's the uh, all-blacks women's team. They're called the Black Ferns. Yeah, Port Portia Woodman. Man, what a beast. If you want to have some fun on your computer right now, a little bit more fun than we have here on Last Call, um, walk over to YouTube's, um, open up a separate window, and look up Portia Woodman. Uh, highlights, or you can look up Paige, the rugby war goddess. There's a great picture of Paige when she was in college, just getting wrecked in the face. Uh, It looks like she's missing a tooth, absolutely has a broken nose. She's running back to the scrum. She grabs the one side of her nose, appears to kind of correct it, and then blows out the most gnarly wad of blood from her things and then spits out what looks like her teeth. Um, and this just gnarly, gruesome, bloody. Yeah, put that picture up on the YouTubes. We'll actually put these clips up on our Instagram as well. Um, I mean, if you had the clip of this, uh what it was one of my favorite rugby clips. But yeah, women's rugby, dude. Yeah, blow that picture up, zoom in on that picture if you can. Uh, there she is. Look at that dude. Her fucking eyes swollen. her. She looks like Rocky from Rocky four versus the Russian. Blood all coming out of her nose, her mouth, her eyes. Um, golly, dude, like hmm.
2: When I looked at uh, the the first one, the the girl from New Zealand, that's exactly what I thought I was going to see. When I heard Paige, the rugby warrior goddess, this is not what I was expecting to see.
0: Bro, if you could watch that clip, the clip is incredible um, how she stays in the fight through that. And um, that was probably one of the first viral women's rugby clips that's ever happened. Um, Now, Portia – Man, listen, I don't know who wronged her or what man fucked her over. She's a lot like what I like to think of like Alanis Morissette um, with what, what was it, Joey that, that fucked over Alanis Set and she wrote all those songs about, but um, man, hell hath no woman, like a woman scorned in Portia. I don't know what that hero backstory is on her, what the comic book backstory is on Portia, but I bet you she's in a dark, dark place because that woman is a dark human being that page and Portia Woodman should be the staple women for the whole women's rights in sports. Um, because they are the true identity. Now you'll see page, Um, uh, page is the blonde hair. She just saddles up on this big bitch, which literally destroys her. She destroys the bitch behind her. Um, you're going to see her leave the screen. Here she is walking back from that melee that we just saw. Now here's where she goes and blows out the corrected broken nose. Here it comes. One, she's gorgeous. Blot, look at that, dude. Spitting her fucking teeth out. Uh, just an incredible Ooh. display of athleticism. If that doesn't get you fired up this afternoon, I don't know what will. And she's gorgeous. dude. She's pretty. Very pretty. I know what I'm doing the rest of the day. Yeah. I know what I just did. right Now While you're playing that. Uh, guys, this has been another uh, last call. Isn't it ironic? Nico the Greco. Isn't that rocking? Uh, Let's see, what, how does the song go? Uh, and every time you scratch my nails down, someone else's back. I hope you feel it. Well, can you feel it? And I'm here to remind you all the mess you love when I went away.